Hi everyone, I'm Ben, the Amateur Exegete, and this is episode 52 of Bible Study for Amateurs. Today's episode is Prisoner Paul and Brother Timothy. In the last episode, we began a series looking at Paul's letter to Philemon. As I noted, I'll be using the tools from my amateur toolbox that I went over in episodes 11 through 20 of this podcast. Today, I want to look at the opening words of the letter, found in the first half of verse 1. Here they are as they appear in the New Revised Standard Version. Paul a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. Those who've read the letters found in the New Testament know that they don't open the way modern letters typically do. Were I to write a letter to a friend, I would start with something like, Dear Sam. That is, the first thing I would do would be to indicate the addressee. But ancient letters, especially those written during the time in which the Apostle Paul lived and wrote, ordinarily began with the name or names of the sender. And so here in verse 1 of our letter, we find the names of the letter's senders, Paul and Timothy. Both of those names are probably familiar. Let's start with Timothy. In terms of the undisputed letters of Paul, Timothy's name appears in the earliest extant letter by Paul, the first epistle to the Thessalonians. From that letter, we learn that Timothy was not only a companion of Paul, but that he also served as something of an envoy on Paul's behalf. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul, and presumably Silvanus, were in Athens and sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to check on their status. In verse 6, Paul writes as if Timothy had just recently returned to give a good report that elates the anxious apostle. Timothy also appears in other letters, including the Corinthian correspondences, the letter to the Romans, and the letter to the Philippians. It's clear that he had an important role in Paul's mission to pagans and the formation of Christ-following assemblies. Other texts that are much later than Paul's writings offer more details about Timothy that may or not be rooted in history. For example, the Acts of the Apostles, written in the 2nd century CE, portrays Timothy as an uncircumcised son of a Jewish woman and a Greek man. You can find that in the opening verses of Acts chapter 16. What about Paul? He is no doubt more familiar to both of my listeners, though undoubtedly they do not come to the subject of Paul without some strong opinions about him. As they should, Paul is the sort of character who invites debate and dispute. At times, he is an emotionally charged bull in the proverbial china shop. We see this most clearly in his letter to the assemblies in Galatia. He says things like, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, and I wish those who unsettle you would castrate themselves, 
in chapter 5, verse 12. Why this harsh language? As Sheila Briggs writes in her contribution on Galatians for the new Oxford annotated Bible, Paul is in a bitter struggle with opponents in Galatia. And as he opens the letter, he stresses his apostolic authority. But that isn't the situation in the letter to Philemon. If anything, it's the exact opposite. For starters, Paul doesn't address himself as an apostle. Instead, he refers to himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. This is interesting, if for no other reason than that in the undisputed epistles he refers to himself in the salutation with either no appellation at all, as in 1 Thessalonians, as a doulos, a slave in Philippians, as an apostle in Galatians and 1 and 2 Corinthians, or as both a doulos and an apostle in Romans. This, here in Philemon, is the only time, then, he refers to himself as a prisoner when he opens the letter. But to what is he referring? Craig Wensink notes in the Oxford Bible Commentary that some scholars think the language is literal. Paul really was a prisoner. Others take the language to be metaphorical, perhaps connected in some sense to the light of triumphal marches or initiations into mystery cults, in the words of Wensink. Given the fact that Paul elsewhere in the letter refers to his imprisonment, and it seems to be very literal, the metaphorical take on the word seems without merit. And while some have tried to use the language of imprisonment to pinpoint an exact time and place where Paul wrote this letter, Ronald Hawke in the HarperCollins Study Bible thinks that this is a fool's errand. It is best, he writes, to leave open the place of Paul's imprisonment. As a result, the dating of the letter becomes tenuous, and he concludes it was most likely written sometime from the mid to late 50s CE. If Paul is under arrest, what would that have entailed? Eric Barreto, in the Fortress Commentary on the Bible, writes, Prisoners in antiquity relied on the kindness of the free, whether friends or family, to provide for their daily needs. There was no cafeteria or commissary in an ancient prison. One's provisions came from those faithful friends who deigned to visit one in prison. As we'll see in a later episode, this may explain the occasion of the letter. Why was Paul imprisoned in the first place? A possible clue can be found in the phrase, of Christ Jesus. Does this perhaps mean he was placed under house arrest? For his work as an apostle? Did he get in trouble for spreading the good news? In Philippians chapter 1 verse 13, Paul outright states that his imprisonment was for Christ. In his note on that verse for the Jewish annotated New Testament, Michael Cook takes the phrase to mean for preaching Christ. Is that what's going on in the letter to Philemon as well? Bart Ehrman, in his introduction to the New Testament, contends that we don't know where Paul is or why he's being punished. Perhaps it is best to simply conclude that we don't know why Paul was imprisoned. That's all the time we've got this week. See you next time. And remember, in the words of Richard Elliot Friedman, one does not need to deny what is troubling about the Bible in order to pay respect to what is heartening. 
Thanks for stopping by.